0: And well, at this time, I want to go ahead and invite uh, Adam Henderson to come up and give the word. Got a couple of shout outs there. All right. How is everybody this morning? Nice. Blessed. I like that one. Let me put this over here. Whoever has the yellow mic, it's now right here. Just Remember. So no one gets confused. Alright, so I just want you guys know, I'm really excited to be here today, get a chance to minister the Word of God. Uh, sometimes when I'm preparing for messages and things like that, I'm, I'm racking my brain for the best idea, you know? I'm trying to come up with the best idea, what do, what do I do, what do I do? And then the Lord always seems to speak to me and says, what are you doing? What are you looking for a best idea for? Why don't you just listen to me? And I'm like, absolutely. So we go through this. You know, I've probably been through it three or four hundred times in my life and still doing it. So, um, but anyways, it, it's, it's awesome to be here. It's awesome to be able to minister the word of God to you. I take it highly. And I know Pastor Dan, I told Pastor Dan this week, I said, Dan, I just want to let you know, dude. <laughs> he was in the kitchen and I was like, Glorious Mess was awesome, you know, and you set the bar pretty high on speaking. Didn't you do a great job with the Glorious Mess? Oh my gosh, the whole time he was speaking, each and every week, it was touching something in my life. Something was being changed, something was being transformed, and other things were getting knocked out of the way. I love that. I love that we don't serve a God who's dead, but he's alive and he's speaking to us. Amen? And he's using people, he's using his word, he's using all sorts of things to speak to us. If only we'll just listen. Amen? All right. How many of you guys have got all your Christmas shopping done? That's about right. Yep. Yeah, that looks about right. Yeah, Joe, he's all over it, dude. How many of you are more of the uh, December 24th Christmas Eve shopper? Yeah, put them up high. Yeah, my peoples, my peoples. 20 <laughs> something. I go for the 24th. Okay, that's just what I do. But Christmas time is an awesome time of year, right? It's fun, it's exciting, we get to remember the birth of our Savior, the one who came into the world and forgave us of our sins and brought us eternal life. We have all these things to remember, but sometimes in our life, in the Christmas season, it can become a little dark. It can become a little weary, right? Because there's pressure that comes with it. There's financial pressure. There's relational pressure. There's all sorts of things. I was talking to somebody the other day and, and they're actually an, an officer and it was down in Colorado Springs and I wasn't in trouble. I wasn't like I was being questioned or anything, but he was talking about the holidays and he was saying it was a very busy time for a because it's a bunch of family get togethers that shouldn't be together. And I said, you know, that's exactly right. Family get togethers that shouldn't be together. And they it's true. The holidays bring stress. They bring pressure. They bring a lot of different things. But today I want to do something maybe a little different. I want to take an, a carol, a Christmas carol that we are so used to singing. And I want to pull some truth from it and pull some truth from God's word. The Christmas carol we're going to talk about today is O Holy Night. For some of you, it may be your favorite carol. It may be the best one. You know, mine's a mine's little drummer boy we were talking about night. Dan and Mary seem to like uh, White Christmas. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm dreaming of White Christmas. They both liked it. It was weird. They were like, you stole mine. <laughs> but we're going to talk about Oh Holy Night and the Christmas Carol. And like I said, some of it may be your favorite. Others are like, I don't even care for that one, dude. But it's a great Christmas Carol. It's got some truths in it. And I want to give you a little background on, on where this Christmas Carol came from. The song "O Holy Night was written, written in the 1800s. There was a parish priest. And he asked a guy who was actually a French merchant and poet. And his name was Placide Capot. Everybody say Placide Capo. All right, you're you're with me, you're with me. And the the priest asked Placide to write uh, write a poem to Luke chapter 2. And the funny thing is Placide wasn't even a Christian. He was actually the furthest thing from a Christian. He was kind of a hellraiser, all right? He he, he, he He wasn't a very good dude, but he was really talented at what he did. And so Placide wrote this poem, and he liked it so much that he asked his friend, who wasn't even a Christian at all either, and he asked him to put it to music. And so they, they, they put Luke chapter 2, this O Holy Night to music. And that's where the Christmas carol, O Holy Night, comes from. I love background like that, you know. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. You know, I feel like I'm getting educated a little bit here. You know, it's always good. Anyway, um, I want to ask the worship team. I know that was a quick turnaround, but uh, I want to ask the worship team to come up. Another fun fact about this song is that five decades later, in 1906, Reginald Fessenden. Was a 33 year old Canadian professor Okay And he did a lot of things that were impossible at the time He took, you know, kind of out of his own garage And made a makeshift generator And he plugged a microphone into it And he broadcast The first broadcast ever Over airwaves And he sang this song in that broadcast Isn't that cool? Now it wasn't the first song he ever sang But it was in the first broadcast And I think that that's awesome so so Reginald, uh, uh, excuse me, yeah, Reginald Fezden, uh he walks up to the microphone, and he begins to read Luke chapter 2. And this is what it says. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And he continued, and he read the Christmas story. And then he took his violin, and he stepped up to the microphone, and he began to play O Holy Night. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we get to come into this place, Father, and we get to... Hear about you, Lord Jesus, and for this special season that we're in right now, Lord Jesus, where it was your birth, Lord, where you came to earth and where you where you restored us back to you, to, to God the Father. Lord, thank you so much for these beautiful words that were written in this O holy night. But well, Father, thank you so much for your word that's written in the Bible. Father, how it impacts our life, Lord Jesus. I pray that today that our hearts would be open, our spirits would be open to receive your word, Lord, that we could gain something as we as we are in this place today. So we thank you in Jesus' name I pray. Amen? Amen. All right. So that was our version. That was our version now of Oh, Holy Night. I love that song. I love it. Like I said, it's not my favorite, but I love it. And I better like it because it's the carol I'm preaching on, right? It's, it's what I'm doing today. So, but today I want you to think about that. Oh, Holy Night. That night when Christ was born. Now, now, I mean, you can only imagine the night, right? I mean, today we have the manger scene set up on our coffee tables. We have them or other places. We have a manger scene just right over there. But we set up this manger scene, and we do all these things for Christmas. But if you actually look at the story, it may be a little different than our manger scene set up. Here's a teenage girl, all right? She's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. That's another issue in and of itself. You know what I'm saying? And she's got her teenage boy... uh, fiance and they're traveling on donkey somewhere between 80 and 120 miles right there (laughs) you count me out that's tough that's tough stuff all right you have you have you and she's bringing into the world christ the king the king of the world and if any of you have been around any pregnancies or anything like that you can understand i mean you know it's not a comfortable thing right there's pain that's involved ladies are like yeah you don't even know you don't know <laughs> sorry, I just got, yeah, we're done with that. That will be done. <laughs> that was almost too good that's right, but it's a painful thing, it's a painful thing, but there's something glorious at the end of it, right? There's a new life there's a there's a new child, there's a new member of the family, there's a new everything, and that's the way it was with them. It was not a nice, easy ride at all. They traveled a hundred. And 20 miles on a donkey and had Jesus basically in a barn in the stable area. And that's just crazy. That, that just rocks my world that, that, that people are so willing and so hungry for God that they'll do anything, right? But here's what I want to focus in on, to, on today is in the, in the carol, O oh Holy Night, there's a phrase that I want to zero in on. And I believe that after we get done today and as, as you hear this song more and more throughout the Christmas season, this phrase is going to jump out to you. And the song, it says this. That there's a thrill of hope and the weary world rejoices. A thrill of hope and a weary world rejoices. Can everybody say weary world with me on three? One, two, three. Weary world. You guys are good. We don't have to do it a second time. Well, weary world. If there's two words that describe our world today, I'm going to go with weary world. It's just the truth. Outside in the world, it's weary. Even sometimes in our lives, our world gets weary. Right? We have things that come up. We have, we have tough decisions to make. We have things that happen to us where we go, what the heck? How did this ever happen? And our world becomes weary. And all of us are facing this or have faced this in our lifetime where we don't know what to do. There's just weariness inside of us. And we're just searching around. We're looking around for a solution. We're looking for something. Imagine the chaos of the night. How weary Mary and Joseph's life were at the time. How hard it must have been. But what I want to focus in on today is there. There is a thrill of hope. The thrill of hope. Now, what I I want you to uh, to think today is that thrill of hope. That we all. That's what keeps us going in our weary world. When our world becomes hopeless and lost and all this thing like that we have a thrill of hope that god gives us right and his name is jesus christ and he comes and he delivers that hope into our lives to where we can face the next day and we can move on in our journey with him but he delivers that thrill of hope and i ask today that if if there is anyone in here and i know that there is it's just what happens that if we have a weary world inside of us that there's situations in our life i pray that a thrill of hope would invade our life I pray that a thrill of hope would come and just invade us. And we couldn't do anything but be happy and excited and have a hope. Can you, I, mean, I mean, you can almost imagine that uh, on this night, no one knew exactly really what was going on. I mean, they knew that, the, that Mary was having and the wise men were coming and things like that. But can you imagine the centuries past before this night that they were hoping for a Messiah to be born? They were hoping for a Savior to come into the world. And that on this old holy night, that thrill of hope was going to enter. That thrill of hope was going to come into the world. I want to do something today. I want to look at Lamentations 3. And I think we have it up there. Yes. Lamentations 3, 20 through 26. In the context of Lamentations is um, it's Jerusalem. Jerusalem has just fell. The people, the nation, the country, everything. They have just fell. And the prophet Jeremiah was hurting. His world was weary. And he pours his heart full of hurt out into this text. But in chapter, in chapter 3, we see a switch. We see, we see where Jeremiah moves from a weary world to a faith, a hope. And this is what it says. Let me take you, 320 through 26. I will remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his passions never fail. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Now out of this text today, I want to point out to you what a new day with Christ brings. A new day with Christ. Now, there's some of us in here today who aren't even Christians, and that's okay. But it's time to accept Christ, and I want to show you why. And some of us in here today are facing hard challenges. We're facing weary worlds in our lives, and I just want to remind you of what Christ brings to you. How many of you know sometimes in a weary world, it can drain you of everything? It can drain you of vision. It can drain you of hope. It can drain you of destiny. It can drain you of all of these things, right? Why? Because it comes and it tries to steal our dreams. But I want to remind you what a day, what a day with Christ can bring. And number one, if you're taking notes, a new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. A new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. The Lord is my portion. Well, what does that mean? The Lord is my portion. (laughs) Sometimes I read the Bible and I go, what does that even mean? Well, this can mean any number of things, but scholars, and I tend to agree, some scholars, and I tend to agree, uh, believe that it's when is, the Israelites, they're wandering, wandering through the desert. Remember that? They just came out of Egypt. Pharaoh has just let them go. He tries to chase them down. They, get, they cross the sea, and now they're just wandering in a desert, right? And they're starving. But the Lord provides manna for them every morning, Food. And he provides it day in and day out. And if they tried to hold some of the food that the Lord would provide over to the next day, it would rot. Right? Everybody remember the story, kind of? So they're wandering. The Lord's providing them. He's providing for them. Here's your food. Here's your water. Here's your everything that you need for the day. Here it is. So that's it. And, and this is what it's actually pointing back to is the Lord is my portion. How many of you know that following Jesus, he gives you exactly what you need for the day that you're in? You have to understand that sometimes it doesn't feel like enough right sometimes it feels like lord i need more i need more but when jesus died on that cross and he rose from the grave he purchased everything for you and it's our job to go get it right it's our job to open our hearts and allow the fullness of christ who he is to come and invade us to come and take over A new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. You see, God was trying to teach the Israelites that every day you're going to have to count on me. Every day you're going to have to trust me. That I am good and I am a good God and I will provide for you. That's hard for me sometimes. Sometimes my view of God can be warped. I don't know, I messed up. Pretty good yesterday. I don't know if he's going to provide for me tomorrow. I don't know. I don't know if he loves me anymore. That's all a lie. And we fall trapped to that. I mean, we, we fall in that trap all the time. And I've messed up. Now the Lord doesn't love me. But you got to understand, he does. Very much. And it's our job to trust him every day that he is going to provide for us. Me and Dan, um, we do a... Uh, a devotion every morning for the most part. <laughs> and Dan, uh, I love it just cause I like Dan's knowledge on scripture and I like what the spirit speaks to him and it, it encouraged me a lot every day, but the Holy spirit speaks to us each morning. I can guarantee it. Whenever I wake up and I wander into the living room and Dan's sitting there with his decaf coffee ready to go. I'm like, dude, you got decaf coffee in your hand. Why are you so awake? <laughs> Whatever here he is, <laughs> you know, I'm going like this. Where's the Bible? You know, I'm trying to find it. <laughs> He's ready. And we're when we read through the scripture, we pray and then we read through the scripture and then we pray again. And I can promise you every morning that we do that the Lord speaks to us. He speaks to us. Why? Because he is faithful to provide what we need. And I love, I I read the email that Dan sent this week and he said, and dot, 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 read your Bibles. All capital letters. How many of you got that? You know what? That is the biggest help anybody can give you. Even more so than handing you a wad of cash. Somebody to encourage you to read your Bible. Because that's where the Lord ministers from. That's where his love comes from, his compassion. We read about him, we understand him more, we know who he is more, we can trust him more. But like I said, every day I can count on God speaking in that devotional time. And you know what? The days that I miss it because I'm not perfect, and I, we, I, I do miss it. I miss it. I'm not speaking for Dan because he's usually on top of the stuff, but I miss it. <laughs> and we were in the kitchen the other night. I'm just gonna tell you the honest truth. And I'm like, Dan, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> sick of it, you know, kind of stuff, having a big old pity party. And Dan, I think he's on on his computer. He's in there, you know, just listen to me cry. And he's like, did you read your Bible today? I looked at him and I was like, I'm leaving. (laughs) Because I knew. When he said that, I was like, whatever, dude. But it's so true. We have to find the Lord daily, right? We need him daily. Because he provides everything we need daily. Every morning. Every morning. Daily. If you are weak today, I want to tell you, God is already in tomorrow. And he is made perfect in your weakness. Right? If you are depressed today, he is already in tomorrow and he is your joy. He is the lifter of your head. I'm telling you, God is so good. A new day with Christ brings exactly what we need. We have to understand that. He knows exactly what we need. He knows better than we do. He does. A new day with Christ, a day with Christ brings exactly what you need. And what you need, I can tell you this right now, is exactly what we get in our devotions every morning. is His presence, His reality, His strength, His power, and His goodness. That's what He wants to minister to you. He wants to minister to you. Some of you need to hear that today. The Lord's not done with you. He's not. He wants to meet you every morning, every day, right where you're at. And he wants to minister to your life. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. He's exactly what I need. The second thing is this. And I hope this ministers to you. A new day with Christ brings us hope to keep going. Hope to keep going. Verse 25 says, The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him. The one who seeks Him. It's the thrill of hope in a weary world, right? It's the thrill of hope and faith when all we see is darkness around us. It gets hard sometimes, right? We have situ- situations and circumstances... Pulling at us and pushing at us and and all these things. And it gets hard. Our world gets weary. But the Lord is the thrill of hope. He brings us hope to keep going. And I can tell you this, because I did it for a long time in my life. But there's a lot of us who try to survive on a very hope-deprived life. And it's just not possible. It's not. We try to survive out of our own knowledge and just the best thing we can think of. And all it does is end it. Heartache a lot of the times But we try to survive in a very hope deprived life A lot of us put our hope in a company That may eventually let us down You know look at the stock market and all that It may let us down some you know We put our hope there we don't know Put our hope in a relationship Where the other person might not be there for us We put our hopes in a lot of different places but we should put our hope where it belongs. It's home. Our ho- hope's home is in Christ. Amen. It's in Christ. You see, hope is a very real and powerful thing. I had a I had a, uh, I had a buddy in high school, and um, he was he was a year older than me. And he played basketball and things like that, and so I played with him and. You know, I looked up to him, he was a year older than me. And he was a Christian dude, and um, uh, he was with this one girl, and they were together, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend, holding hands, you know, all that good stuff. And um, uh, one night, you know, she, she breaks up with him. And I remember John, and I remember him talking to me about it, and, and just saying how heartbroken he was, and how upset he was, and and all these other things, and, and you know, how, how he didn't know if he could... Go on and live. And I kept telling him, come on, dude. It's just, come on, man. What are you talking about? You're in high school. It's a girl. Come on. There's plenty of fish in the sea, You know? There's plenty. Have your parents ever told you that? No, but I, I kept trying to tell him that. And, and uh, I remember one night he, he ended up taking a bunch of pills out of this situation. And, and he got rushed to the hospital. And we didn't know if he was, you know... We really didn't know if he was going to make it or not. Honestly, we didn't know. We know he got rushed to the hospital, and we were up there late. At, I was up there late at night, and I remember driving home. I mean, I, well, I just remember being in the car and driving home and seeing the sunrise. You know, seeing how the sun rises up. And I remember thinking, if John could have just, if he would have just seen this, if there's a new day, there's a hope in Christ. He brings us hope to keep on going. Why make a decision based out of hopelessness? Why not make a decision based out of Christ and his hope that he brings? In my world, as I shared with you on June 16th, I believe it was, of this last year. Man, three years ago, was it three? Yeah, three years ago, I was crushed. Me and my wife, and we got a divorce and I was Done. I was hopeless. There wasn't anything anybody could say to me. Because so I was hard and I was upset. And I thought, God, how could you ever let this happen? Why? That's all I could say a lot. Why? And, and, but I remember having that hopelessness. That hopeless feeling. Life will never be the same again. It'll never look the same. Yeah, it, wouldn't, it never will look the same. But my hope is back in Christ. And I have a future and I have something still great out there for me to accomplish. So I want you to know that Christ brings hope to keep going. Don't base decisions in those times of weariness. Don't base decisions, the, your future, in a time of darkness. No. Don't be rash to make some, some decision. Wait for that hope to be in your life. Wait for Christ to bring that hope. Open your life up and say, Lord, I need a new day with you. I need you to bring hope. Pray that. Lord, I need hope in this situation. I need hope in my family. I need hope in my job. Whatever it is, whatever, wherever your weary world is, you need to pray hope into that situation. Because he is faithful, right? He is faithful to deliver. He's like the mailman. He's faithful. He's going to show up. He's faithful to deliver. <laughs> We're done with that one. I love what Hebrews 10.23 says. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. He is faithful. And you know what? A lot of times, a lot of times what we ask for and what we get are two different things. <laughs> But what we get is exactly what we need. Amen. The Lord is faithful to minister exactly what we need. That hope that we need. So a new day with Christ, a new and glorious morning, brings exactly what we need. It brings the hope to keep going. The next thing, that a, a, the next thing a new day with Christ brings is the help that you're seeking. How many of you are seeking a little help this morning? Anybody? <laughs> I'll raise both my hands help. I am. Verse 26 tells us it is good to wait. Sometimes, you know what? You just have to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And like I said earlier, some of us, we need, we need the salvation of our, of our lives, of our souls. We need that eternal life. We need that. We need, we need God to come in and minister that to us. And other of us, we just need we need salvation into a bad circumstance, into a weary world. We need a thrill of hope to, to, to come back into that weary world. Amen. But the next thing, I mean, the thing with Christ is that he brings the help that you are seeking. He brings it. But all of us, we need this somewhere in our life. We're seeking something. We're seeking help from somewhere. We really are. You know, Lazarus, everybody remember Lazarus in the New Testament? here's the story of Lazarus. He he was dead. Lazarus was the guy in the New Testament. He died. Matter of fact, he was so dead that the King James Version said he stinketh. (laughs) He dead. He stinketh. You know you're dead when you stinketh, right? Like, yeah, he's dead. He stinketh. (laughs) But for four days, everyone had given up hope. Everyone was distraught. Everyone didn't know what to do. They're running around, you know, freaking out. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And Jesus shows up. He shows up. He looks at the stone. He looks into the grave and he says, Lazarus, hey, buddy, get up. <laughs> and Lazarus comes walking out. You see, if Lazarus were here today, he would tell us that a new day with Christ brings the help that you're seeking. He would. He would tell us that. Remember the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years? Remember that? She has this issue of blood. None of the doctors, no one can help her. No one can help this lady. And it kind of brings brings embarrassment. It brings, you know, seclusion. It brings all sorts of things into her life. And for 12 years, but she sees Jesus one day and she runs up and she touches the hem of his garment. She runs up and she grabs him. And she's healed. If she were here today, what would she tell us? That a new day with Christ brings the help that we need. Remember the lame man at the pool of Bethesda, 38 years, lame, never walked. What does Jesus do? He comes by and he heals him, right? You see, and he would tell us the exact same thing. A new day with Christ brings the help that we're seeking. You see, when you read the Bible, when you read these stories in there, it's easy to go, yeah, that was a long time ago. That's great. He doesn't really work like that anymore. What does the Bible say? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Isn't that right? And so, if we do, if we if we believe in Christ and we believe everything that He says He is, we gotta. We, I mean, we gotta believe for the impossible sometimes. And a lot of us, that's hard. It's hard to believe for the impossible because what if I get let down? But you see, God's looking for people with that kind of faith, childlike faith. You remember as a child, anything was possible, right? Anything. You know, you build the flyer and you jump off the house because you thought you could fly. You learned that that wasn't possible. But as a kid, anything is possible. It is possible. And we, when we read the Bible and we see these stories, we got to understand that the Lord wants to minister the same way to us as he did to them. And physically he may not be here, but his spirit is here. And it's here this morning. He lives on the inside of each and every one of us. And he wants to minister hope. He wants to bring the help that you're seeking. You see, all those people would tell us the difference one day with Christ can make. They would. They would tell us the difference and it would be mind-blowing. You hear these stories and they tell these stories. Romans 13, 11-12 says this. It says, and do this knowing the time that now is the time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. You want read that again? You see how it always says now? Now is the time to wake up out of the sleep. Now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. You've got to understand that Jesus is here now and he's here to minister hope into your life. He's here to minister to your life. And he's here to bring everything that you need. Just like, oh, holy night, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. That is why Christ came. Because no matter how bad the circumstances, the situation is, there's always a tomorrow. The sun is going to rise. How many you know Jesus already rose? And he's alive and he's living. And he wants to do work in your life. I have no problem saying that. The Lord wants to come and minister and he wants to work in your life. He wants to bring life to you. He wants to bring hope. He wants to bring a future. And what we do is we just have to open our hearts and say, Lord Jesus, just do it. Do what you have to do. Do what you do. Come minister to me. I'm so grateful that Christ came in this world, aren't you? Without him, we'd be lost. We'd be in trouble be living for ourselves and all the nastiness that that brings. Right? But since He came into the world, we now live for Him. And we accepted Him into our lives. And now He is the Lord and He is the Savior of us. And now our mission is bigger. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord Jesus, thank You for coming into this weary world. Thank You so much, Lord, for Delivering a thrill of hope Father I thank you that, that you don't leave us in our mess Lord Jesus you don't leave us in our weary world but Father you speak into that Lord Jesus and, and you minister hope into our lives Father that Lord you bring every day exactly what we need Lord Jesus never, never let us forget that Lord Jesus that you bring exactly what we need we don't need anything more Lord Jesus but you you're what we need So, Father, today, Lord, I pray over your people, Lord, I pray a blessing, Lord Jesus, in weary situations, in weary worlds, in dark places, Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would come and you would minister your hope, Lord Jesus, you would penetrate the darkness, Lord, in jobs, in families, Lord Jesus, in any any issue in every area of our life, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would be present, Lord Jesus, that we would put you first, Lord Jesus, that we would be in our word each day. Finding you, hearing from you, listening for you, Lord Jesus. I pray that we never forget that, how simple that is. But what life and hope it brings. So Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory. We thank you for this day to get to come into your house and love on you and you love back on us. Father, I pray that we would take that to the world, the weary world that we live in, Lord Jesus. Lord, that we would be the ones who deliver the hope, Lord Jesus. A thrill of hope into a weary world this Christmas season. Lord, use us. Use us in our sphere of influence, Lord Jesus. Use us to deliver hope, Lord Jesus. Deliver your hope to people. I pray that we would step up to the plate and accept that challenge, Lord. I thank you and I love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.